Live from the Crystal Mat, I am Erin Drake Lee, and this is Rituals, Remedies, and Alchemy. Open-hearted conversations with friends, practitioners, teachers, chosen family, guides, and others, where we're generously digging into the messiness of our humanity while highlighting our grounding, healing, and thriving practices. Rituals, Remedies, and Alchemy, also known as RRA, does not fit into a single box. It is an ever-expanding exploration and shifts with every conversation. Episodes will be as unique as the guests themselves, raw, open, hilarious, educational, inspirational, and deep. We are non-conforming, and we don't expect our guests or our listeners to be either. Let's get weird. Hey there, listeners. Aaron here with a quick note. Just want to let you know that the sound on this one isn't as optimal as we had hoped, but the conversation is just so good we had to give it to you anyways. And also, if you've got babes listening nearby, there's a couple moments of adult language in this one, so just be aware of that. Enjoy! you decide um i'm gonna introduce you first and then i have actually a um uh an a request or an offering so we'll see how that goes okay so welcome today we are in conversation with essie wildcat she is a somatic facilitator and ordained priestess of isis a shakti initiate and yogini in the lineage of sri vidya Certified holistic health practitioner and interdisciplinary healing artist with over 20 years of expertise. She envisions a world where all humans harness the power to intuit and maintain wellness and aliveness in all areas of their lives. Essie is passionate about conversations that create change as a space holder for the primal emotions that often have no place in our contemporary world. Grief, rage, despair, anger, etc. As a bridge builder to the new earth, she is making waves in the cultural somatic realm and is injecting the social justice sphere with much needed humanness and nuance. Essie seeks to highlight the extraordinary in the ordinary and how the power of presence in our lives can transform not only how we relate to ourselves, but the world around us. Ugh. I like that I got to deliver that to you. That was actually very satisfying. And as we need to be affirmed often and regularly, I love being able to deliver that to you. Um, and I'm really pumped for us to be in conversation today. I would typically ground us, but I was wondering if you might ground us at the opening to do a little bit of a new thing and also to showcase some of your... Um, some of your moves in that area because I also need it. Whew, I need it today. So that would be, yeah, whatever grounding ritual of choice or what comes to mind, just anything to get us kind of centered out of our heads into our bodies 
so that we can be more present and more free flowing. Okay. Okay. I usually start by actually filling my spine. So I just start just scanning my upper spine and then the middle of my spine and then my lower spine. Breathing deep. And I do a little scan of all the areas like, um, like a quick body scan. Is anything tight? How's my mental today? I take stock of like my mood. And then just fill into a little bit how I'm feeling. Like, do I have energy today? Am I grumpy? Am I excited? And we scan not to shame ourselves, just to be present with what's there, what's real. And then we're gonna imagine uh, energetic tailbone. So they say, actually we used to have tails. <laughs> you wanna imagine an energetic tailbone. You wanna imagine that you are intentionally sending this energetic tailbone down into the earth. So through the seat you're sitting on, through the floorboards of the home you live in, through the concrete and the soil and mycelium network, down, 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 down. At some point, as we intend to send this energy down, we'll feel a heat and we'll know that we've reached the core of the earth. But we're gonna go down even further still where they've actually discovered the inner, inner core of the earth has this crystalline layer. It almost gives the impression of liquid light. So down through the core, down, down into this crystalline layer of the earth. And when you can feel you've arrived, you look for something solid to wrap your tailbone around, the energetic tailbone. And then just take a deep breath. Hmm. And then we do this same process with the soles of our feet. So we imagine roots extending from the bottom of the soles of our feet. And then going down through the floorboard, down through the concrete, through the soil mycelium network that nourishes us all. Down, down, down into the core of the earth down into the crystalline liquid core. When you feel you've arrived, you also once again find something solid to wrap these roots around that you've extended from your feet. And then you take a deep breath. Then you imagine these roots are porous, all three, the tailbone and from your feet, and they go up 
and they're all intertwining at your heart space. Meeting in the heart as if like a chalice. And then what you start doing is you literally just start sucking up energy from the earth, sucking up the nourishment you need. She has plenty, so you don't have to worry about taking from her in this way. And then filling that chalice at the center of the heart. And feeling what it feels like to fill up first, to fill ourselves first before we try to fill others. At some point, the chalice will start to overflow. You may feel like a fountaining motion. It's like it's fountaining out. And then here you decide whether to keep this overflow for you, which is perfectly fine and legit, not selfish at all. Or if you want, you can send this overflow to people you love, to people you know who need it. And then when you're feeling full and nourished, gently sending your roots back up, feeling still that groundedness, that connection to the earth. Carrying this felt sense of what you just experienced with you through your day and anytime you need remembering that true source, true nourishment is Mama Gaia and the element. That's a little grounding ritual. Thank you. Oh, so happy to receive this. Thank you. I am. Um, I recently, when I started to meditate after um, sessions with my somatic practitioner, one time we had a really deep session and she, it's amazing how you guys can still see the micro movements on Zoom. It's, 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 I'm like, how, what? We're not even together. Um, it's so weird, the energetic flow of it. And also just like the, that your, our eyes trained enough to see it. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized it wasn't happening before she noted it, but once she noted it, I, I can't meditate or, or ground without rocking now. Mm. And how, yeah, and how far back that goes into whatever infant experience and how, how like, a, how settling it is for me. So, so, so I, I can't actually regular meditate anymore. I can only somatic meditate now. And then sometimes it's like, gets really, really big. So, yeah, I just said, you know, and it's, it's, it's not forced and you can tell it's not forced and it's so immediate. It's like, I close my eyes and then here we go. And then it changes directions, go front to back, side to side. Um, and it just, I don't know. It makes me feel so good every single time. That's your Kundalini. <gasps> Say more. So some um, Kundalini, which is the power center at the base of the spine. It's actually very deep in the pussy. 
Can I say mm -hmm. the P word? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very Who's deep. Anything goes space. In the pussy. So actually, since you have been um, giving your body the space it needs, um, if you ever see people in trance mm -hmm. anywhere across the world, they're kind of all doing that at Mecca. Mm -hmm. there's the, so it's mm -hmm. that motion of the Kundalini rising. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. which is good it means that your kundalini's awake it's it's moving and it's informing you <laughs> i am listening waiting for the words <laughs> deciphering the knowing as per usual <laughs> yeah that's all we're really here to do <laughs> right just the investigation of mm-hmm I'm excited for us to go into the investigation of an expansion on um, the divine feminine Ooh. and the energies. And yes, and the energy, all of all of that. Languaging, oh, I think, yeah, I know exactly. Where do you start? I think there oftentimes is a lot of language that goes into the conversation. So I think it'll be cool to just make sure we're, we're using the words and sharing the translation of what it is. I mean, to, it is, to an extent, obviously not you know, all of the words in the sentence, but I don't even know where, which question to ask first. I mean, I guess it's the question of how do you identify where you are along the spectrum of harnessing that and then where you want to harness it better, okay. work with it. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So I want to share, when I moved from Brooklyn, where I, where I lived 13 years, I moved back home to Los Angeles, and I met with a spiritual practitioner, a Jamaican man, mm -hmm. and he told me, oh, you're, you're back to embark on the journey of the feminine, and I remember being like, eh, that sounds terrible, what do you mean the feminine, so before this journey, I thought the feminine was weak, I thought it was whimsical, I thought everything strong was masculine, Mm -hmm. So I was, I was very perturbed when he shared that I was going on a journey of the divine feminine. Um, so the feminine is chaos. <laughs> the feminine is the unknown. It's the void. And that is why religions have vilified the feminine, vilified the chaos. Um, Christianity, they tried to tell us Eve was the first woman when she wasn't. It was Lilith who said, uh, I'm equal to Adam. I'm not going to lay beneath Adam. And so she was removed mm -hmm. from the sacred text. And then we was replaced with Eve, who was subservient and willing to lay beneath Adam. Uh, whereas Lilith then became the queen of Babylon, the holy whore. And so the feminine, which I'm only just really starting to understand, even though uh, when I received the message I was embarking was 2012. <laughs> of course. I'm only probably within the last few years have been like, oh my goodness, this is what was part of what they, the man meant. But um. The feminine is that silent knowing. Um, mm -hmm. Louisa Tush, we talked about this a little bit in Jambalaya, she calls it she who whispers. So it's this all-knowing presence that is 
it's the all knowing presence of the potential of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's that, like I said, it's that vast abyss <laughs> or what some people call the void. And um, our job is to make friends with that place. We live in a culture that's not very lunar, it's more solar. So it's more about needing to know everything. If I don't know what's happening next, is it even happening? Mm -hmm. um, not We are not comfortable with chaos. Usually people in our culture who are chaos agents usually have to be outcast or mm -hmm. be fringe in some way. Um, we really mm -hmm. don't take kindly to the mystery of things. We, we wanna know it all now and we're also very into um, the convenience of things so the feminine is also requires a deep trust and faith because it's basically saying can you know what is being made manifest even though you don't see it right now mm -hmm. how much mm -hmm. do you trust this emptiness um, even and being in a culture where everybody wants to be productive all the time and when you know COVID gave that emptiness to us and a lot of people had a hard time mm -hmm. because people like to stay busy to not feel that emptiness but it's actually everywhere all the time so part of the I'm realizing the journey of the divine feminine is just learning how to um, surf that wave of like emptiness and then a desire comes or a longing the desires and longings are how we want to put something into form. So something comes that says like, I want to put some form out now. I want it mm -hmm. to be made tangible. And then even everything that's made tangible falls away. Nothing lasts forever, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just really honoring more than anything, the impermanence of things like uh, embarking on this path. Sometimes she tells you to lose things that you're greatly attached to. Like I know a lot of my sisters on this path, a, a big thing sometimes it's like, you're with someone that's wonderful, nothing's wrong per se. And she is like, it's time to end this. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. why, why, why? I don't want to end it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't listen. And then that's when things spiral down. And then mm -hmm. you're like, mm -hmm. oh, she was actually trying to save me from this, from spiral. this spiral down, but I didn't trust what I couldn't see. I didn't trust mm -hmm. the voice. My ego, my egoic desires couldn't fathom like, oh, maybe this is dissolving because something else is on the way, which usually if she's asked you to give something up or she's saying, I'm going to dissolve this now, it's usually because she's like, something way better is coming. Mm -hmm. You don't mm -hmm. see it now, but mm -hmm. something so amazing is coming. And so it's learning to trust that like, like for me, she's been telling me lately, no coffee for you. Your body doesn't like it. I love, my ego loves coffee. Uh, I love the jittery and like. Oh, the feeling of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And she's yeah. basically letting me know that feeling you like, we're, we're done with it now. Your body's done with it, actually. You actually, mm -hmm. that feeling's actually not helpful for you anymore. It's mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. draining you. And so. For a while, I was like, I'm going to try to have it both ways. I still want the coffee. Right. So and what then, can I give you instead? <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. What was happening was I was drinking coffee and having immediate crashes. Like people uh -huh. wouldn't understand it. I'd have some coffee and I'd be like, I feel terrible. 
I feel terrible. And she was mm-hmm. just kind of like, well, just keep playing this game to you right. realize coffee's gone. It's a wrap. All, all the things I thought I enjoyed are, are a wrap. Like I used to smoke copious amounts of weed. She was like, that's, mm-hmm. we're done with that. And it was mm-hmm. like, this is how I cope. This is how I, and she was like, yeah, we're going to find better ways. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just trusting when you hear, cause we all have knowing. Mm-hmm. We all hear that voice that's like, Mm-mm. or like, yeah. you need to do this thing. And party is like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So following that voice is a big part of the journey. <laughs> How have you been able to do, to grow your discernment of that voice versus other voices? Mm. So she actually talks in a whisper. I find mm-hmm. my voices of self-doubt and sabotage, they're loud. Mm-hmm. They're like all like bossy and like kind of like, hey, hey, you suck. It's kind of like, hmm. If I got really still and was like, hmm, really? Mm-hmm. I, it's very easy to quickly realize like, oh, my mind is playing tricks on me. Like this is not the truth. Um, and just the more you're able to just interrupt those voices, you don't say like, hey, get out of here. But it's just kind of like, I hear you. I see you. Like, yeah, we're doing mm-hmm. something new and you're frightened. I get it. And almost just like friending those voices, the more actually you can hear like, she starts coming through louder. Mm-hmm. How much do you think we have to go through the chaos and the experiences of the not listening until we get to enough spirals down where you're like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll do it. Part Sometimes. Cause like so much of my motivation at times is to help women, especially and to appropriately ground the babies from the beginning so that they have mm-hmm. to take fewer things apart but it's like, how early can we get this messaging in? And what what if we were employing these methods when we were 20? How different oh, yes. could life have been? And, and is it even possible that earlier have you not had enough of the spiral experiences to make the shift yet? I can just speak from my own experience. There was a way I thought the world knew better than me. I actually knew a lot of things. And I uh-huh. thought, oh, this sophisticated world, it knows more. So I think part of the process is falling and making right. wrong choices. So you can, because I remember when I came out the end of a passage, it was kind of like, I totally knew all this. And right. I allowed myself to be peer pressured or I allowed just to even think that for some reason, someone knew better than me. Mm-hmm. But that starts mm-hmm. from young with parents. Like you mm-hmm. said, with parents telling children, go hug that person. And the mm-hmm. child's like, I don't want mm-hmm. to. And then the parent's like, well, you you must do it because you're yeah. a child you're telling you what to do or even how much we limit children's free expression because it looks bad on us. Like you can't express like that. Mommy, you know, it looks right. bad on mommy right now. So I need you to push your natural knowing and expression down. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I have a couple friends who are decolonizing parenthood in that mm-hmm. way. And yeah. they, they say it's tricky. They're like, it's mm-hmm. tricky because they basically feel like their child's, their children are feral animals mm-hmm. compared to <laughs> other children. But yeah. they also know that they're setting their children up for more sovereignty, for more mm-hmm. being able yeah. to say like, 
I've always been able to have my feelings and know what's for me. So actually, I know when you speak, I can hear my yes, I can hear my no. I think a lot of times parents put their yes and no's on us. Mm -hmm. Or even when I was growing up, it was very children should be seen and not heard. I remember a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My parents' culture. Um, So just the ways we don't treat children like their own beings. Mm-hmm, we try to mm-hmm. treat them as extensions of us, like puppets, and it's like, that's how we want you to act. And so right. uh, people who have had it from young, they are, oh my gosh, I, I know one woman, she's actually doing an, an embodied parenting course because she would share about life with her daughter and her daughter's just so emotionally mature. Like I was like, mm-hmm. she's like four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she'll do things say like Fina threw a tantrum today and we hit a rough spot and she just talks to her like a real person mm-hmm, like hey mm-hmm. we can't do that when we're upset we do this and then she models in real time yes. how like she's not using shame and all these other tactics some of there, us yeah 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 so many of us grew up with those yeah, yeah. where you hear stories about Fia and like once she said like she wanted to hang out with the daughter and the daughter was like well right now mom I'm a little busy watching some television but when I get I'll check in later and when I have if I fill some space then we can cuddle right and yeah. it wasn't like oh well, nothing is I was like okay well thank you for letting me know you right. know <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm always like Fina sounds like a little grown lady uh-huh. She's uh-huh. like, I want to set her up for success. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yep. want her to be looking for home outside of herself. Home is exactly. here. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And so um a lot of the work, even you mentioned somatic work, is like I just people are like, What are you doing? Your sessions and they want to know what it looks like. And I'm like, it could look like anything. The whole point is just to keep bringing you back home. Like I'm mm-hmm. not the expert. I'm not you know, like you like you mentioned, we're trained to know certain things, but I don't even pretend like I know what that means when I see mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I just will say like, "Hey, did you notice that every time the subject comes up, you have this little gesture? Did you notice that?" And we live in such a disembodied culture. A lot of times, people are like, "I didn't even notice I was doing that." And it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, your body's mm-hmm. giving little tells, like little things are happening." Mm-hmm. So. The feminine game is not like the masculine game, which I think is why it's not revered. It's a long game. There's no yes. arrival. There's no arrival. <laughs> that is There's really no a good game. major point to note about it because that is it. So that satisfaction of of that completion in the in the masculine way is just not There's part no of the arrival. exercise. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and the reminder that it is that- the journey. Yeah, you keep in mind, this is a long game. Knowing that, for instance, uh, part of the feminine is the down. A lot Mm -hmm. of people like to stay up and I feel good. But the universal law says, as much as you expand is as much as you'll contract. So Mm -hmm. some people call that the down. And we have a culture that avoids the down. But on a feminine journey, you actually embrace the down. If you feel it coming, you make way for it. Mm-hmm. make space for it 
And I mean, I know it's easier said than done because we live in cultures where people have to pay the rent and they got to get the money and make the bills. But even in, you know, in a small way, maybe two weeks ago, I felt a down. I was like, oh, there's a down coming. Now, normally when I was younger, I booze it up or do mm-hmm. something else. So this time I told my body, it, we don't booze it up and stuff like that anymore when there's a down. Mm-hmm. But I hear you. So I, I want to talk with you and figure out what do you need here? And so mm-hmm. it hurt me. It said, oh, okay, no more drugs and booze. So fine. We want some chicken and waffles. And I was like, perfect. We can Mm -hmm. totally do chicken and waffles. And it was like, yeah. And then we want to just lay down all day and watch Netflix. And I was like, no problem. So I canceled Mm -hmm. my clients and I, because they all know I run a feminine business. So I've even set up my business as a feminine business, which means I don't, yes, there's a structure, but there's a caveat in my business. That's like, if I really feel I can't show up, I'm not mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to yep. honor where I am. So I wrote a couple of people. I said, Hey, I'm in this huge down. Do you mind if we reschedule? Luckily they were like, no problem. And then I laid mm-hmm. and it actually mm-hmm. was not as long as the process. than if I had boozed up, if I boozed and, up now, right. I'm a hangover. Now I don't have energy, you know, I'm older, so I don't bounce back as much. Right. The chicken and waffles. It was delicious. It's not something I'd like eat all the time, but it was like, my body was like, and rested. And the next day I could feel it was like, oh, we just needed some, some time. Like we were done. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are so overextended so much of the time. And when you, when you're able to surrender to the messaging, then because you're not bumping up against it and resisting what it's trying to tell you, then you do get to experience the waves in different ways and more comfortable ways and shorter Mm -hmm. ways. Um, which is not necessarily the goal to do it shorter, but when you are feeling into it, it also, the the removal of the resistance is just so made. I feel like because we, I know I'm recovering from being in this culture that didn't support space for us to, to move in these ways and operating from the periphery, the hardest, the harder part is the unlearning than the learning of the new things because so much of what, I'm able to now put words to that I couldn't put words to before. I'm going to take a small shot at Oprah because she just, why not? But it always um, bothers me when she talks to people and then she acts like her mind is blown. Like why? And I'm like, Oprah, you've (laughs) talked to a lot of people and you lived a lot of life. How is your mind blown by that? Mm. And it was so interesting. One of my, one of my spiritual teachers was like, those moments are actually duh moments. Like, of course that's what it is like of course, like more it's not like 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 your brain can't process that that's what it is it's right. more like of course that's what that feeling was of course that's mm. what it was trying to tell me like of course i knew that and was pretending like i didn't mm. and the reframing of it that way landed for me in a really in a really major way in all of the new languages languages modalities moves everything all of it is so much more in tune with how we're supposed to function as bodies mm-hmm. and as beings that I'm just like, why did I know this a long time ago? And like, of course, and please get in here and help me to move the other patterning out. I like, I really, I don't want it. And I don't even want it to be running 
in the background, which is why, you know, the exploration has been so intense for me of so many different things, because it's just like, I would like all of the remedies and I will do what I need to do to receive and please also flush, 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 flush. It's so hard for folks to give in. Like, what would you say helps when you're really trying to be in the stillness and the slower pace of it? You have to be willing to make that choice for yourself. So a lot of times mm -hmm. people just don't make the choice because that does require a level of changing things. Yeah. So for a lot of people, it's easier to be in the kind of stagnancy of where they are and complaining about that than mm -hmm. realizing like, oh, it is possible to have more, but that's going to maybe require, I have to give up something. Like for instance, I gave up the game when I left New York. I was like, I gave it uh -huh. up because uh -huh. I'd noticed in New York, none of my friends celebrated their wins. It was all about the next thing you were gonna produce because Lord forbid you be irrelevant. Even when I moved, people literally told me, you're going to become irrelevant. And so it was like, I think I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's not the game I'm playing to be relevant. I think the game mm -hmm. I'm playing is I'm playing the game of peace. So I know right. that I want peace. So that's actually the game I'm playing. So I came out to LA and I made, um, I even shared on a post yesterday that like I travel a lot. And so people think I'm rich. And so the choice I made to be able to travel is I live in a converted garage in my mom's house. Now, that was a very hard choice for me to make because I've lived on my own since 18 and I came back here at about 38, 39 because mm -hmm. she was getting her knees replaced. And then when I started looking for uh, homes, like an apartment in LA, and I just felt into it and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to mm -hmm. be living for the rent. <laughs> right, right. I, personally. And so even my mom had to remind me, she was like, hey, this whole moving out at 18 thing, that's very US. That's not Caribbean yeah. at all. Like we don't do that. And she was like, we actually get along. And so maybe you should just like be here with me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like, and if, I mean, I fought it so hard, Aaron, because it's like, this isn't sexy. I'm at home. Like, but you know what? I went a million places because right. I, I help her out, but um, it was not three grand, you know, like her right. mortgage yep. is not even yep. three grand for the house, you know? Yeah, and yeah. So, but it required sacrifices. So if I was being more caught up in my image and needing people to think whatever mm -hmm. I would have needed people to think versus what I wanted, what I wanted was space and freedom. And I was like, I'm a traveler. I had to decide, like, am I going to really go for this dream of being the traveler or would I rather look impressive to people? And mm -hmm. so when I first moved back to LA, I worked at Allergan, who makes Botox. <laughs> I had mm -hmm. a very cush corporate job. They loved me. And it, I could feel it. I could feel that it was like, I don't, I'm giving up the game. Like, I don't, yeah. I, I'm going to give it up. And it does require sacrifice to decide to do something else. 
So mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though people are like, oh, your life's so fun. It's like, hey, I live with my mom and I've had to make some sacrifices to do mm-hmm. some of this mm-hmm. stuff. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes mm-hmm. when people want to date me, it's like, you live with your mom. I don't hear from them again. It's to them, that's like, ew, not sexy. You know, like I said, for a long time, I was like, ew, this is not sexy. But the more we've just settled into it, the more it's just like, where else would I be with but with my mom? She's like 77. Like mm-hmm, she has this big old house. She can't even take care of it, actually. It's like your dreams to get a big old house, and then you get older and you realize, oh, I'm all the land. All this land, you know, she can't take care of all this land by herself. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. When you say how do you you literally, what's it worth to you? Right. And some people like the prisons. They complain and they act like they don't like it. But half the time, people love those prisons they're complaining about. How much awareness do you think they have that, they, that they're like doing it? it and that they love? Yeah. Well, people hate being my friend because I'll tell them straight up. Like, I mean, we know this. <laughs> I, 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 think it's, <laughs> I think it makes people feel good when someone's honest about it. Because it's like... Well, well that's what I'm saying, right? Like... That's why they love us and they hate us. I mean, they yeah. want to hear it, but then they were mad of, about what was said. Yeah, I had a friend the other day who said she's been trying to do something for two years. And I was like, you've been trying to do nothing. What you trying to? It's just this group we're in together. She's like, I've been trying to lead the group for two years. Somehow she's been trying to lead the group, but she's now coordinating a whole project for the group. I'm trying to leave the group. That's right. why I just told her, I was like, you are so full of caca. You're not trying to do nothing. And then she just got quiet because it was like, yeah, figure out what you're doing. Because if you want to lead the group, just lead the group. We actually met in the late 1990s. I'm pretty I sure. know. Yeah. And um, <laughs> which is really <laughs> kind of nuts. <laughs> yeah. And and um, I, I I bring it up because like, I always knew you were you were circulating on the periphery because of how you would be in and then someone would be like, where's Esty? And I was like, and then you would be gone, um, which was really, really cool. And there was just a level of mystery and unknown where it was just like, I don't know, like I, I would like to know this lady a little bit more, but like then you were gone, poof, you're gone and then you're gone again. And so it's so interesting how we've circulated in and out of each other's worlds for so many years. And now we're finally, finally actually connecting. And I bring it up because it's tricky being on the periphery. Because for me, I'm always in these other situations where everyone, like you're saying, is is very much committed to participating in the uh, other side of of how this could go. And and so I'm always like, but where? But where are the people like me who are outside and or like circulating on the periphery? And it's almost like if we could, try, if, how could we better identify each other when we're out here figuring out how to be in all of our dimensions while also having to get in and out of the matrix in the third dimension? You know, everything happens in its time, but also like if we could actually have been friends and known we were doing this mm-hmm. 20 years ago, that mm-hmm. could have been so much cooler and there just would have been just more synergy going and flowing back and forth. I've never had anyone deliver the honesty the way I deliver it. Like I've never mm-hmm. really been on the receiving end of that in any of the circles that I've been in. I'm always ever the one who's just quietly watching on the side or I say it and I make people uncomfortable and then like slowly but surely I get pushed over to the side. And so it's just like, 
I so want for more of us to have better support systems. And yes, so much of these journeys are solo journeys, but like not all of it. And also in terms of just the point of reflection to be able to have someone go, yeah, keep going. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're gonna be okay. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, like that's mm-hmm. why I asked the mm-hmm. questions about like what it feels like and what are you identifying and, and how it is that we are able to just hear and note and be affirmed because yes, we're on the periphery, but we need affirmation too. Like we, you know, because it is such a lonely process a lot of the time because of how much of the group is committed to the group think of things and the group movement in all of these really not successful uh, ways of moving. And just, we, listen, we're, we're living in the hell version of what, It Mm -hmm. is that so many people are behaving a certain way to try to avoid going to that place. No, we're here in that place. But no, um, I hear you. I think part of it is realizing, uh, out of a friend, she used to say this, everything is in divine order. Meaning uh you're like, well, we knew each other for 20 years. I wasn't here 20 years ago. (laughs) Well, no, me. Well, me neither. Yes, for sure. You know what I mean? So it was like a journey had to take place um I when I lived in New York I had a boyfriend who used to laugh at me he was I love dancing so I'd be out all hours of the night and he would he called me out he would be like you just want to hang out with the beautiful people you have this thing about the beautiful people and it used to make me feel ashamed and at some point I just started embracing it like you know what I kind of do I'm from LA which is a very superficial town it's so superficial here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and as much as I want to think some of that superficiality hasn't rubbed off on me, it has. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go out and he'd be like, oh, here you go. You can't even just be home and satisfied. You got to go. And that was a lesson I had to go through because after a couple of years of doing that and being like, I want to be down with the cool downtown New York kids, I actually got to be closer to it. And I realized, ew, no, I don't actually. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. learning process, even when you were speaking about children, at my um, lineage of somatic schooling, uh, there's an incredible book by Barbara Brennan called Hands of Light, where she basically she says, uh, your life task is in the peril of your home. <laughs> the trauma uh-huh. of your home is actually the life task you signed up for. So uh-huh. the point actually isn't to be these perfect beings of light. That's once again, that masculine solar Jesus thing. Yeah. The point is to just, be full of yourself and all of yourself, whether that's mm-hmm. and when we're full of all of ourselves, we we realize, oh, I'm a complexity of things. You know, yeah. there's yeah, there's there's parts of me that like for instance, I'm just bad at connecting with people. As much as people find me friendly and stuff, my sisters know who I don't really talk to. They were like, you don't even like people. And it was like, oh shh. Nobody you don't tell them. them. Yeah, you nobody knows. <laughs> and I was surprised they even knew because we're not particularly close. But uh-huh. like, obviously, we're close enough that they're like, "We see you. We you see you. Yeah." Like people really, they're like, "People think you love everybody. No, you don't." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. you know." And so, yeah, it's not about becoming these like perfect creatures to have perfect scenarios, so there's no harm. Like part right. of earth school is we signed up for all this harm. Yep. If you let yep. some mystics tell it, like this is exactly why we came. 
is yeah. to alchemize all this stuff. So I, uh, I think if we had met 20 years ago or like, would it have even been? Because I was a right. yeah. totally different. I mean, there's people, I told you that there's people who hate me from 20 years ago because yeah. I was a chaotic biatch. I was, I was messy. You probably would have been like, this chick is messy because <laughs> I was just like, I didn't know it then, but it was like, oh, I'm acting out stuff. At the time, uh-huh. it just was, oh, this is my personality. But it was like, oh, no, girl, you're like acting out. And like, that's what life is, you know? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was incredibly messy in my 20s to where the people who were my friends in my 20s, I valued them because so many people were so turned off by how messy I was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm happy to those friends who were just like, oh, they're calling. I actually met a black astrologer in Harlem where I was like, I don't know, these people call me crazy. She's like, let's just call you creative. You're very creative. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, she helped me reframe because she was like, you're messy. You're messy if we're in a culture of people trying to be perfect and put their best face forward all the time. Mm-hmm. And already in my 20s, I just didn't even know how to do that, that part of it. It was like, I don't know how to pretend. <laughs> right yeah right so you're just of, doing it yeah mm-hmm. I I too like have, have that I didn't I didn't know how to pretend but it was it uh uh-huh <laughs> it's so interesting to put it that way yeah I didn't but know I how to pretend I didn't and I just did and I also yeah but I also from growing up in San Francisco in the 80s I saw enough difficult things that I was like, mm. ooh, I wasn't super free. I didn't need mm. to try everything. I didn't try most things, to be honest. <laughs> like I didn't drink, I didn't do drugs. Mm. Where, you know, when you're stepping over homeless people, red faced, drunk this, and right. they, they brought people in to talk to us about AIDS at school. And I feel like we were like third or fourth grade. Like I was just, so many of our teachers, had members of their family, their partners. I mean, it was just like very much over oh, here. Wow. And so as a result, in terms of just being out in the world and just trying it all on, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to try that on. So, <laughs> so there was the, yeah. Mm, I, I was opposite. My yeah, parents I know. are Caribbean so the- immigrants and I was not allowed out of the house ever. So uh-huh. I uh-huh. went to school, I went to Berkeley in the Bay. And once I got there, I lost my mind. Got it. Like I never smoked weed in high school. Like people have these high school rites of past, like, oh, the drinking. Yes, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But yeah, once I left home. <laughs> party time. Oh so you were wait- you wanted to and you were waiting or you just. No, it's just I'm there. that, like you said, I'm just that open to like, try. I mean, girl, this is how crazy I am. I was with a friend in Oakland. We were being fiends looking for weed one night. Fiending. Where she was like, ask that homeless man. I mean, just level the fiendom. Uh-huh. I'm like, hey, you got some weed? He's like, yeah, yeah, I got this albino hash. She comes in my car. We drive somewhere. And this fool pulls out a crack pipe. And oh, I no. look, my friend looks at me. I look at him. And I was like, this ain't albino hash. He's like, yeah, but it's good stuff. You should try it. So I tried it. thank god it did not work at all somebody blessed me exactly i didn't feel nothing i hit it three times he was so excited for me like oh and i said nothing's happening and he was like hit it again my friend's looking at me horrified horrified like Like, please stop doing that yeah i hit it three times the third hit i said "Mm." 
and he called me a witch and ran out of my car. Oh, he knew early. Well, I realized that was a blessing from ancestors or something because they were like, bitch, you have an addictive personality. And you not be over here with this. That's a no. no, And we're going to help you block that. So I, I, that gives you a little insight into how big and messy I am. Like it was like, try it. Along those same lines, part of what I would say is in there as well is the wanting to learn and the seeking through the experience. There's certain things people can tell you about or you can read about, and then there are things you're gonna have to learn and experience for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I have realized that there are many things that I have to learn for myself. <laughs> and so it's like, yes, I see that that might not be so opportune. However, what happens when I get in there also because maybe I can spin some of my magic and make it not nearly as horrible as Mm -hmm. it looks like it could be. I can definitely help manipulate this into something (laughs) to which might have looked like it was working for some years and then made very clear it was not. And so um, I don't know, the more I want to like help people earlier and earlier, it, I don't know that it's possible in terms of avoiding particular experiences or learning processes, but I do think we can still instill, we can, we can still instill the philosophy of, we can still instill the orientation of and affect the presence of being the knowing, the reinforcements of the knowing, how to find your people earlier, like how and like mm. telepathically, like like Essie Aaron later, it's coming, but also like just keep tabs on each other, like just like oh, people like I a little. I see what you mean. You yeah. know, like well, just because because mm. we came down here to experience and because we came down here to alchemize our family trauma, which is why we've chosen each other and mm-hmm. all of the situations that go along with that. If you lean into exploring that, and you lean into the. Uh, learning of said trauma and the details and what it is that you can pull information from then if you if you get to the place where it's the observer's eye earlier then Mm. you're still going to have to experience the difficult elements of it in order to be able to alchemize it because it has to be hard enough to be able to do that Mm -hmm. but maybe with a little less suffering I really am wanting there to be a little less suffering. Well, the suffering is because of the resistance. Exactly. Like said, yeah. It's it's hearing that call, hearing that yes. voice, and then saying, I don't like that. So I'm going to keep doing this. This. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like when I, when I don't follow the call of that voice, I for sure suffer. When I hear the call and I think, Ugh, you're really getting on my nerves. Like, right. I got to do what? But I do it anyway. It's always like, oh my God, I'm so yeah. happy I followed the that. call. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so the suffering mm-hmm. actually doesn't come from, we, I, well, our, I mean, a part of what you're talking about too is our culture is stuck in adolescence mm-hmm. because we don't know what adolescence is for. Mm-hmm. adolescence is for this time you're talking about it is mm-hmm. for gaining that discernment which normally comes in the form of a protest mm-hmm. so like in my home why I went kind of crazy was there was no protest allowed here there was Got no it. like okay we're going to give you space to actually individuate and like push back it was very like 
iron hand of tyranny. Like, no, this is just what you're doing, whether you like it or not. So too sheltered to where when I got free, it was like, well, now I'm losing my mind. Right. Instead of I have some friends who are like, you know what? I know my teenager's going to end up smoking. So their first time smoking is going to be with me, actually. Right. Right. You know? And so just, I think the more it's modeled. Right. Then the more the the youth and the seeds know like oh there's something different available here like the world is vast but if you talk to most people they'll tell you like this much is a little time yes a tiny sliver and then also are not even curious about what else is happening no i mean there's a reason why there's so many zombie movies (laughs) and zombie tv shows this is the zombie apocalypse i mean I've said that so many times. This is it. We're living it. We're in it right now. Mm -hmm. We're in it. Yeah. So to be an awake person in the zombie apocalypse, even in those movies, like, yeah, you can band together. Like I've had for a long time homegirls who were just as weird as me, but they were also human. So we are not friends anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like just because people have peripheral magical things, you know, right. Right. The accountability, the accountability piece is missing. Usually. I feel like a lot I've noticed. And this is because I'm only from these big cities that are entertainment towns. A a lot of people Mm -hmm. who are friends in these cities, it's an opportunity. There's just a lot Mm -hmm. of opportunism. And even me opting out of that, just saying like, I don't Mm -hmm. even care, you guys. Like I used to get flack because I have all types of friends for my friends. Like, why are you friends with them? And it's like, because I can be friends with anyone. What do you mean? Right. Like, right. I don't want to just be friends with like, I almost said something so rude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can say it. Um, yeah, I'm not just trying to be friends with bougie chicks who can't have orgasms, you know? I want to be friends with alive people who can like feel their aliveness. And I grew up very middle class and was in very elite circles and I learned very early like oh these elite circles where people are like crying and praying to be in these circles these are the most troubled people of all I know I know easier to hide all those wounds when you have money and privilege it's just easier to like make it in denial so it was actually so many more of the people in those circles are also doing that same exercise you don't have nearly as wide of a variety of folks most of them are doing it so the point is yeah yeah. it's actually a threat to a lot of those friendships and systems to have a wide variety well correct because you (laughs) might start questioning the status quo and then uh, that coupled with you seeing them when you walk in the room is not a great combination because you run the risk of exposing them and that mm-hmm. will be protected at all costs that that's not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. In that way I've always been the fringe friend. Like it was always kind of like, I see she's cool, but we actually, we kind of keep her over there because she's a little too, too <laughs> Uh I like it over there though. But you also have to live enough life to get comfortable with that. Oh, and I wasn't forever. Me neither. Human design helped me because Uh once I learned like you're a manifester, so you repel people. Mm -hmm. I was like, because it was like your aura is literally repelling people from you who aren't for you. 
But when you're younger and everyone's getting repelled, you don't know like, oh, this is actually the way my aura is supposed to work. Like if you can't be here, you're bouncing off the aura and it's like, yeah, you might project all this stuff on me, but it's still like, actually my aura decided you can't be here. So when I learned human design as a manifester that I'm naturally repelling, that my aura is naturally going to repel people away. And that's a good thing. I remember almost crying, like, I wish I would have known this when I was younger, because I was so sad by how much, I even know the word repel, it just seemed like, for some reason, I just rub people the wrong, or like, something's going on. Right, which was your, which was you protecting yourself, and it was, yeah, it was, and that's what I mean, like, there are, there are things like that that have been so insanely helpful for me astrology was a really helpful one for that Mm -hmm. with me in terms of understanding the planetary positions learning about my verbal processing was was something that was used against me for so many years like why do you change your mind much and it's like well because I'm not changing my mind yes you're changing your mind you said five things and I was like well I didn't pick which one I'm going with yet I just said them all out loud mm. I gotta I gotta move through them to see which one I'm gonna pick but just because nice. I brought it up doesn't mean that that's what I'm doing necessarily like can I get room to finish my process and then I'll let you know what my conclusion is right but and and that and like and you know sometimes the oversharing again I don't, I'm just talking it out out loud. Well, you have Gemini but, something, right? Because that's yes, very Gemini. Ge- I'm a Gemini, so I always yeah. have friends that are like, "We don't want to hear your whole fucking process, Essie." And I'm like, "No, well, I this want is to how hear." I do. Well, it's like this is just how my brain works. Like I, it does. I have to em- literally emote out loud so I can yes. get to the conclusion. <laughs> Exactly, because inside it doesn't sound the same. Right. I have to, yeah, I yeah, I that's that's my rising. Like I have to that's process it that way. Yeah, and that <laughs> and then that is <laughs> no, but like learning that, like you're saying, it's like oh, thank you for this legend of the inner workings of things, you know, that are just part of who you are, because so many of these. Things are, they we're demonized for them mm-hmm. and they're used against us. And to be empowered by having a better connection to those bits of information is supremely empowering because then, like you said, in your 20s, you're like, oh, it, it is what it is. Like, you're not for me and it's okay because everyone's not for everybody. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a big one that I, that I keep having come up in terms of teaching the children as well. Like, you're not for everybody. Everybody is not for you you it's okay when they don't like you because that's okay and get comfortable with that you're not here to be liked that's not the exercise if you're doing that one baby that's not but even that you get in trouble yeah that's counterculture no i know no i know you ask and tell your children you're not here to be liked whoa because most people are telling their children be liked at all costs (laughs) be liked and be nice we don't talk yeah we don't talk about being liked and being nice over here that's not that's not how it goes and lying is a whole other, we, mm. I had a whole situation with Sadie this week. She came home with this watch on and between the back and forth, I honestly, I can't keep track. And then my memory is just like, I don't, I don't retain things that aren't that big of a deal. So one of her friends has this watch and Sadie was telling me about how they both had the same watch. And I was like, okay. And so her mom texts me and goes, did you and Sadie get a watch 
this kind of watch in Paris together. That's what she told her friend. And I said, huh. uh, I honestly, I don't remember. That was two years ago. We were last in Paris and I don't, I don't remember, but maybe also she got it at her dad's house. I'll, I'll talk to her about it. And so yesterday at the playground, she was wearing it again. And I said, um, cause she was over there at his house when she asked me about it. And I said, is your friend still at school wearing the watch? And she says, no. And I said, Sadie, where did you get that watch? And she <laughs> says, well, daddy gave it to me. And I said, are you sure about that? And she looked me dead in the face and was like, yeah. And I was like, honey, we don't tell lies. This is now how we roll. And I broke it down for her. I said, you know why you don't tell lies? And she said, I'm not lying. I said, Sadie, I'm your mother. And I, <laughs> you exited my body. I, I know you're lying. I never know when you're lying. <laughs> Be very clear about that. You might get 10, 20 seconds, but when it comes down to it, mama knows. And I said to her, I said, you know why we don't lie? I said, because lies are heavy and it's hard to keep track of the story you're telling yourself when you're telling other people and you're going to eventually reveal that you're lying and you don't want to do that because you're not a liar and you don't want to carry that. It's too heavy and it's confusing. And so she's just looking at me and I said, and you're a little girl and you're just learning how these things work. And I'm here, it's my job to give you tools so that you understand how you want to move. I said, you mm -hmm. want to move light, baby. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. We're going we're gonna to return. I said, where did you really get the watch? She said, I found it in the classroom. And I said, I'm pretty sure that that belongs to your friend. And her mm -hmm. grandmother gave it to her and we need, we're going to give it back. Well, it's not oh, hers. Wow. And I said, babes, not only are we going to give it back, you're going to write her a note and you're going to apologize for the confusion and you're going to let her know that you're returning it because you know how important it is to her. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, I could, listen, I could see, I could see, and I said, all of the feelings that are in your body right now, I want you to just pay attention because that's letting you know why you don't want to do it like this. Mm. It's doing, I can't tell you exactly what it's doing, but it's sending you messages and I need you to pay attention to that because that's what you're going to feel when you're in other situations like this. She's seven years old. I mean, <laughs> I talk, <laughs> this is how I talk to her. Uh, this is how yeah. I've been talking to her. Like, and I, I am very cognizant of, here we are with the verbal processing, trying not to overly verbal process to her, but mm -hmm. also make the connections, right? So you can, like, I, I need to note it now because you're feeling it now because I can see it in your face. Mm -hmm. So I need you, I don't need you to, I don't need you to say anything. You are learning. You're going to make mistakes. It is my job to help you through those mistakes. That's why I have to say this to you. You mm -hmm. don't want to be someone who does things like, you don't need to do that. And you don't mm -hmm. want to. And you know that because it doesn't feel good. And so, <laughs> and so then she was like, can we stop talking about it now? And I said, sure, we can totally stop talking about it. My goodness. And I said, and then I said, she said, can we stop talking about it for the rest of today? And I said, at first I said, yes. And then I said, oh no, we can't. I'm like, when we get home, after we finish writing the letter, then we can stop talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, okay, but now we can stop. And I was like, yeah, we're done for now. I am so keenly aware of not wanting of like, there is no shaming. Like we can't, I will not participate in the creation mm -hmm. of that for you to manage. Like I just am not, 
going to do it. And I just like, I want you to understand that mistakes are made and you try things on and then you see how it feels. And mm -hmm. that, you know, that connection to that experience, I just want you to be, I want you again, I want you to have better language than I had. She and I also, remember. oh, she'll, oh, she'll remember. And then this morning <laughs> I said, um, I said, I'm going to put the letter in the lunchbox. And she says, I said, so that you have it. She says, and don't forget the watch. And I said, and I won't forget the watch. So mm -hmm. like you go to your friend and you say here, I want you to have this. And you, you know, if you want to give her a hug or you ask her mm -hmm. whatever, and you say, I love you. And like, you just keep playing. I was like, it's got to have been a, a little bit weird the last few days. And she's like, no. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to overdo that. I'll just let you right. like, I know. Right. But, um, yeah, I, uh, mm, it's, that's it's, beautiful. It is. And it's, and it's my favorite part of the parenting exercise is the ability to be speaking to my inner child when I'm speaking to my babies. Mm -hmm. And so like to give myself the permission and the grace to have experienced and have done, and also to have learned and have the acknowledgement of that being the process is just, it's been hugely liberating and it allows me to allow them to be feral without like you can put explanations and containers around things without putting boundaries and limits and right right pushback but yeah i i i am disturbed by her like bold-faced lie to my face that's good like, you gotta try huh? it on at some point at some point you gotta, you're gonna try stuff on i know but i was like baby this is mama <laughs> <laughs> she's like i, I know you. so if i could get away with it with you that's great <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it not happening so true oh <laughs> damn crap that means i also can't get away with it with me i mean the volume of years i told myself lies no oh, we're, we're a culture yeah. of denial that's denial they say uh, that's the major philosophical problem why things don't change is we are a culture of denial and fantasy. Right, right. <laughs> My motivation is also like, how do we pull people over here? And you can't, everyone's on whatever timetable they're on and we just exist over here doing our thing to the max. And like, that's the best way we can do it. And um I mean, also have... keep in mind, Erin, most people want to be sheep. So you're you're talking about people being free thinkers and having sovereignty and their full free will. People actually, you people think they want it, but they don't. They don't. They, it's no, 11, not 11. everybody. I just couldn't resist. Oh, let's make a wish. I know, right? Ah, mm. <laughs> uh, well, I can't wish for that. And no, I'm just kidding because. <laughs> Well, you know what they say, your longings are always valid and you no, gotta I know. and they have loss inherent. So as long as you're willing to fill the loss in your longing, go for it. Right. Now I'm going to pick something else though. <laughs> I, think, I, I just rattle off a million to the, the minute. Oh, you do? Sometimes. 
That's how sometimes I know how long a minute actually is. Because sometimes I'm like, I said 30 things and I'll look and I'm like, it's still 11, 11. Let's get a few more in there. Yeah, like a minute is actually a long time. It is a really long time. You learn that when you're having contractions and Mm -hmm. trying to squeeze the baby out. Oh my God. A contraction is only like on average between 30 and 90 seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. My friend so, told me about birthing her child. She had them both at home. She was actually prepping her second birth to be an orgasmic birth, which I'd never heard of till I met her. She was like, I'm prepping uh-huh. my body for orgasmic birth. And I was like, what? But she was basically saying a strength comes out of you that you didn't even know existed to bring at this all. life into the world. Yep. So I, I've opted out of that initiation of motherhood. I opted out at seven, um, but... That is the part that I am curious about because I you can tell the women who've gone through the change. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Someone like me who's like pretending to be a maiden forever. And it's like uh-huh. it's like 40-year-old maidens aren't actually that cute. It's, it can turn haggard <laughs> if they're not careful. <laughs> when she described that strength, I, I literally could viscerally feel what she was saying. Like I was like, Yeah. Whoa. Oh, it's the it's the wildest thing you'll ever feel. And like, mm. it's also in a time capsule. Like I can't even, I can't put words to it. Mm. Its power is beyond, beyond. Woo. Yeah, like I didn't yeah, even, I, I didn't feel like I was, yeah, I, I didn't feel like I was doing that much active participation. It was just so much allowing. I mean, your mm. body just fully takes over in my experience, and there's just like, and my, you watch your stomach, like I watch my stomach muscles like push wow. her body, like just with it, yeah. But for those like not that many seconds, you're like, I don't know that I'm going to make it to the other side. And then in between, it's like nothing even happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very bugged out. Yeah, the body's so miraculous. That's why I got it's into somatic so work. So. Yeah. And a large part of the feminine journey is just honoring the body, not overriding yes. the body. Like, like yeah. I said, a big part of the journey is just saying, like, what does my body need today? Not saying, oh, we're pushed through. And there's days you have to push through. But most mm-hmm. of the time, it's just like, my life is so slow that when COVID came, I was like, oh, everyone's here now. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Welcome. Like COVID is my baseline. I don't overly, I don't overly compress my system. I used to fill my day every day. Gotta be productive. Now I'm just like, oh no, this is not why my ancestors worked so hard. So I could grind. They they want me to enjoy. Exactly. 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 Um, We could, I mean, there's the topics are endless. We could go on and on and around and around and around. What Here's a here's a, a final question to take us out. What could you do to honor those ancestors today in the form of rest or joy? Oh, I realized at some point in my journey that I actually incarnated to play. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Even if you look at my astrology chart in the house of pleasure and play, I have Capricorn. So mm-hmm. I don't come from people who play. Like my family's very serious Caribbean people, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I realized like, oh my God, I incarnated to not just play, to learn how to play. 
I, I, I understand now that me being on this journey of the feminine is for my matrilineal line. Those women mm-hmm. have worked very hard all their lives. And I don't think mm-hmm. they ever got to like feel the soft animal of their bodies. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my journey is just like being okay, being different, having chose something else. Cause like I said, I went to all the elite schools. I, I could, I, I know I can do anything. Right. And there's a part of me that just says, we're opting out. We don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want mm-hmm. to work 60 hours and hope for a pension 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, even just honoring them with like today, I was like, I think I'm going to Yoni steam. And I could tell my whole body was like, yeah, 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 Yoni steam. And I was like, okay. So just really luxuriating because when I feel into my line, we, we worked hard. I don't yeah. think rest I don't think Mm -hmm. we knew like pleasure for pleasure's sake yeah so just learning that and it's been hard to learn like I said because it's so it makes my life very against the grain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and being okay you know even sometimes finally my mom for a bit there I could tell she was worried like what are you doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) we spent all this money on education something's going to happen right and I just told her, I, I am following my own little crazy tangled thread and it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And, um, and I just kept trusting that one day it will. I spend a lot of times feeling very inadequate and like, none of this makes sense. But something mm-hmm. in me luckily was just like, keep going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's only honestly within the last couple of years that the, we're kind of like, Oh, it's all congealing. All the, that's why I went through. Oh, like actually all those experiences I went through when I was younger, when I didn't have the language for it, it actually helps me as a practitioner. Cause if mm-hmm. I hadn't gone through all that turmoil, I'd just be how some people are. They're like, I'm so enlightened. I'm looking down on you. Why can't you all be here too? It made me realize like, oh, this is freaking hard. Mm-hmm. Yep. The healing journey is unlearning everything you learned. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Exactly it. Which That's means you have to learn it in the first place, which yeah. is all well, part of it. Well, you're already interrupting the hack by talking to your children like real children. Yeah. Um, because we do come in socialized and our, you know, people look at places like Cuba and it's like, oh, they're communists and all that socialization there. But in the US, we don't really take stock of how we're socialized to be Mm -mm. worker bees for the machine and to, we're very socialized to be part of it. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, just realizing like, oh, for people to actually come on this healing journey, they're gonna have to give up so much. Yeah, And I, I understand why people just choose to be like the guy in the matrix who was like, fuck this. I want to go back to steak. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I know it's not true. He was eating it. Like, I know this is not real. I know this is not, what, but you know what? I don't care. And, and some people that's their path. Yeah. And yeah. I am sometimes wish like, why can't I be more status quo? I always told my mom, I'm like, you, you educated us too well. Like you too much. Have- a little dumber. I, yes. I would have been so comfortable. Just be the sheep. <laughs> I, would have, 
And I'm so not a sheep. I'm not necessarily a wolf. I'm more like a bitch is a butterfly thing. I don't know. Not a sheep, yeah. though. <laughs> no, definitely not. And I, that was real early. Oh, and I bumped up I'm against saying, that. Signature, yeah. Signatures come out young. So I already knew yeah. from young that there was something a little different about me because I yeah. asked yeah. different questions. Even at church, I was like, what happens to the Hindus and Buddhists? And the teachers were like, they go to hell. And all the other kids were like, yes. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I knew that. Happening here. Even yeah. after my mom, said, they go to hell and she told me the truth. She's like, baby, nobody knows. We all just do this because it's like something to do. Thank so you, my mama. parents also, like you are doing with your children, they gave me the truth. Like I can, yeah. part of why I'm so odd is we cannot watch media. They were like, you will not be uh -huh. watching that white media because uh -huh. it beats you and we're protecting you yeah. from what you would have to go through if you ingested it wholesale. Of course, we were like, <laughs> but growing up now, I'm like, thank you. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't yeah. get it at first. So even being yeah. a parent, I realized my parents, I had a baby book and they wrote notes when I was like two on what they saw about me and what they. Oh, so that's we, so amazing. Yeah. Oh. It was, it was interesting. It was like, yeah, I read that because, you know, my father passed and I, I have this little note he wrote that he saw about me at like two years old. Like mm -hmm. saw what kind of woman I would be and wrote it about it and wrote it out and wrote what he hoped for me. That's you know, really special. And I was like, whoa, I guess this is why I'm not a parent. This is intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Responsible for life. <laughs> it, no, I mean, listen, if you want to do it well and you're committed to showing up in ways that you want to feel good about later, it is a large feat to take mm -hmm. on. It's a very time and energy consuming. And, you know, in the culture that we live in, it's also very confusing because, well, not confusing, but like the systems around us really mm -hmm. trying to jam their message into us. It's become so clear in different ways when little people are involved that when mm -hmm. I know that I had my wake up when she came out I was like oh yeah no you can't you're not going to be a, you, you can't have any of that mm -hmm. I got to mm -hmm. so it's happened a different way now because I didn't bring you here to just do that do the same thing yeah no we're we're no we're pattern breakers baby sorry I love it. <laughs> you picked yeah, one, me <laughs> one of my favorite beat poets Diane De Parma she has a line where she says the only war is the war of the imagination and I really yeah. believe that yeah, because yeah. somehow our ancestors dreamed this into being. So we're yep. living all these dreams yep. and we're all yep. like, what a disaster. But it's like, we don't realize actually we're all active dreaming now for the future. Yeah, yeah, yep. I believe that. And I can see that with the children. That's the, that's the, you know, that's the watching the future in the now, the spiralic elements of that. Mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. It plays out in that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a trip. Okay, we have to stop because otherwise we'll just never stop. I know. <laughs> and I we have to do it stuff. again. We could just, oh my God, I do too. <laughs> Two Gemini's talking. What are we going to do? Please shut your mouth, somebody. It's like, I can you guys stop now? Because also, like, I need to hear what you're saying. And also, it's so much. I have to receive and process. <laughs> can you give us a second? And it's like, no, there's more. Have it all. <laughs> yeah, right. There's so much. We got to hurry up here, guys. We're in the, we're in the apocalypse. <laughs>
No, I love it. I love the title of the podcast too. Oh. I was like, oh, how perfect for these times. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just, you know, sharing what I've gathered along the way. That's what so. we do. We're the elders now, technically. Are we officially? I, thought it was I mean, we're 50. not elders as like we're old, but it's like we're being watched. the gathering. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you learn that when the children come out too, especially like you said, you're, they're watching our movements mm-hmm. and modeling mm-hmm. after our movements. And so that, you know, that'll put you right into attention right. in terms of like, I mean, same thing. We all watched our parents and aunties yep. and like, yep. Oh, thank you so much you. for being in conversation with me. I look forward to the next time when we yes. can just pick up anywhere along the path <laughs> and just keep going. The long the, road. The, uh, I know. And it's all, it's just so fast and slow at the same time right now to me mm-hmm. that it's just being slow. At, I don't know. I don't know. We're just oh, there's a portal there. open right now. Right? Uh, yeah. We okay. all feel it. Once that, because you're a Scorpio sun, right? And moon. Mm. You're almost like Bjork. She's Scorpio sun, moon, and rising. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is intense, Erin. <laughs> yeah. It's a little busy. It's a little active. Um, it's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. I would have never known that looking at you. You always looked so put together and very like, Yes, I always just knew you had that discerning eye. That was the first thing I knew Uh when we met in the early 90s. Something (laughs) happened and that discerning, kind of that eyeball came out and the friend, uh, our friend Jerome even was like, oh, don't fuck with that one. And I was like, oh, I'm seeing. (laughs) (laughs) I saw some discerning eye come out. Yeah. So Uh I remember uh he was like, Oh yeah, that one. She she's live, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm seeing. <laughs> but so. why does that make you say it looked put together? Because it was kind of, not put together. It, well, yeah, I feel like I know a class of women who are so wealthy and um, embodied that mm-hmm. it it's it's a little jarring. It can be mm-hmm. jarring when you meet women like that because you're kind of like, can they see all my fucking shit? I don't know. You know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just mm-hmm. kind of like, I saw the discerning eye and I was like, oh, she can see. Scary. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, usually there's only one seer in the circle, kind of. So it was kind of like, oh, is that how that usually goes? So there's usually like one seer who's the rock of the circle, kind of. Ah. You know? So that's why. When you meet another seer, you're both kind of like, oh, see, I didn't, I wasn't in tune with that. I didn't, I didn't, I I didn't know that. Yeah, because then otherwise, if you have a group of seers, that's just a coven. (laughs) That is what I was looking for all along. (laughs) Oh, yeah, covens. I, I, well, yeah, I think most people like us are lone witches. We we have to get used to like being in a group in that way because like I said in yeah. a way you are the seer of the group so you're kind of on the fringe and the group does the thing and you're kind of like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh that's in- oh that's slightly intriguing not really okay you know right right so, right right yeah no I saw the I saw the 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 eye in in the late night <laughs> it was it was noted I was told she's she's live it's live 
That's so interesting. Yes. <laughs> Good old Jerome brought yeah, so yeah. many people together. Oh my goodness. Like oh Casanova. Yeah. So yeah, all those characters. And yeah, just the life, like just being okay with, you know, I went to Mexico City and the voice literally told me, You have to cut off this friend. Don't even process with her. Mm -hmm. You're done. Mm -hmm. And I followed mm -hmm. it. I just was like, this feels not okay. I should probably, probably. and she was like, it's mm -mm. a wrap. It's been a wrap. Yeah, yeah. Let yeah. it go. And I was like, okay. <sighs> you know, you know, I met you know who at uh, Jerome's birthday party in Fort Greene. Oh. oh, really? August oh, wow. 2003. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah what yeah, a yeah. journey. Yeah, one of the infamous Labor Day weekend, Michael Jackson versus Prince mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in Williamsburg. Like, God, those were the greatest years. Was it love York. at first sight? Inquiring minds want to know. Right? It was. <laughs> it was a. Ver it was. A <laughs> That's fine. I can play along. Uh, it was. It was a version. It was a version of. I mean, it was a very strong pull mm, in both directions. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. It was. Yeah, no, it was pretty obvious. Three months mm -hmm. later, he was in Philly at the time. He had come up, he had just gotten to town, like literally walked up to the park with his bag. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, three months later, he moved in. Whoa, meant to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I don't I don't know that I could have had enough uh, ability to stop that train from right. leaving no. the tracks. Yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it was ordered from elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The journey <laughs> the journey <laughs> it, it continues oh the journey's still going <laughs> oh it's so good to just be able to laugh at all of it and the crazy and all of the things I mean mm -hmm. it's just it's such a cast of characters and Ooh. yeah you know here we are many yeah. years later yeah yep <laughs> yep <laughs> Oh, like, yeah, this is this is it. Right in those waves. That's the feminine. Can you right? I know. And be yeah. present and be present yep. when it's just in the dumpster fire. You're like, can you right. be present in the dumpster fire? Yep. Yes. And I can. I have yeah. learned that I can. And now that I've learned this, I would like to exit the dumpster fire. No, I, <laughs> I passed the test. I can do it. Well, now you get to have it. even more because now that you were willing to be in the dumpster fire, you get yeah. that much more access to the energy on the yeah. other side. And that's where and that's where I am now, which is finally why it's time to to speak up and do it like this and have these conversations and oh, and uh, yeah, no, the it aligned itself. And it very uh, firmly nudged, Woo. nudged, yeah. And so now, and so we're here. <laughs> I can feel it when you talk. I'm like, whoo, Lord. Yeah. yeah, no, I know, I know. So here we go. This morning, I said something to somebody. Giddy up! Like it's there's nothing. It feels very similar to Sadie coming out. Like I couldn't mm -hmm. try to stop it if I tried. I could. I, I mean, I couldn't stop it if I tried. Mm -hmm. This is moving. And I am the conductor, and my participation is non-negotiable at this point. And, it's a must. And now you're doing the alchemy. So here we are. 
There we did. We did it. We hit all the marks, rituals, <laughs> remedies, and alchemy. And yeah, I love it. I was like, you're doing it. This is how you yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, thank you. Thank I see you. you. I feel okay. seen by you. And that makes me, fills my heart all the way up. Oh, I appreciate you and, so uh, much. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Essie. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm.